0: Snow on Aspen Mountain reflects the early afternoon sun as skiers zigzag their way down steep terrain. I'm not on skis today. Instead, I'm heading to a section closed to skiers. Snowmaking manager Harry Link is taking me there on a snowmobile. The snowmobile shoots forward and up a steep hill before we arrive at one of the resort's snowmaking machines or guns. (laughs) Wow. That was good. Yeah. That got that woke me up.
1: Yeah, snowmobiles are good for that.
0: Link removes his helmet and heads toward the large black snow gun. It's one of seven on the mountain due to be replaced at season's end.
1: This is one of our, it's actually one of our older guns. This is this gun's on a five-year lease. The five-year lease is on its last year right now. It'll be replaced next year with. Uh, A gun that's a little bit more efficient.
0: Still, it's relatively efficient. It has its own weather probe and starts shooting snow up and onto the ground automatically when temperatures hit 24 degrees. Even if there's already snow on the ground, the man-made stuff covers it, providing a more solid, long-lasting base. Link says a set of nozzles on the gun spray the snow.
1: The colder it gets, it just starts adding more and more nozzles until it gets down to about 14 degrees. And then all the nozzles will be on, and you'll be doing, well, depending on pressure, you'll be doing about 114 gallons a minute.
0: Crews on Aspen Mountain use about 400,000 gallons of water per season to make snow. In the spring, most of it ends up in the Roaring Fork River, but municipal water feeds the gun.
1: You can see it, see that, uh, well, it's round like a silo that's half buried, well, mostly buried. That's our water tank down there.
0: The Aspen Skiing Company started making snow after a drought in 1976, delayed opening day. The company operates four ski areas, and they're continually updating snowmaking equipment to more efficient models. Vice President of Mountain Operations Rich Berkeley, says the company's aware the resource is precious.
1: In the, in the big picture, nationwide, we make very little snow. We only have 600 acres of snow out of you know, over 5,000 acres, and so we definitely rely on natural snow for most of our products.
0: At other resorts, man-made snow can make or break a season.
1: For sunlight, it's the last few years, it's been real important. We probably would not have been able to open without it.
0: Ross Terry is in charge of operations for Sunlight Mountain Resort near Glenwood Springs.
1: Sunlight is a, a north-facing bowl. We get good snow in the bowl on the steeper terrain, but down towards the bottom where it flattens out the sun. Exposure is quite a bit more, and uh, we have a hard time keeping snow on there early season.
0: He calls snowmaking an insurance policy that allows the resort to stick to its opening and closing dates. In the future, the resort would like to expand its snowmaking to cover more of the mountain.
1: You know, you've seen over, over the last couple of decades the ski industry... Really increasing the amount of snowmaking that that takes place.
0: Boulder Water Attorney Glenn Porzak says ski areas' dependence on man-made snow is increasing because they need more snow so they can open early and build terrain parks where snowy features like half pipes and jumps are located.
1: They really use a lot of snow, and the terrain parks obviously have, have uh, become increasingly popular as time has gone on. And. You know, virtually all of the ski areas have their their train parks now.
0: Climate change and a sometimes tenuous water right system may be the biggest challenges for resorts making snow, especially if they're planning on making more of it in the future. In 2012, the snow sports environmental advocate Protect Our Winters did a study on how climate change may impact ski resorts. It found in Colorado, average winter temperatures could increase 5 to 7 degrees over the next century, leading to losses in snow depth, and warmer nighttime temps may limit the effectiveness of snowmaking. Also, the ability for resorts to hang on to their water rights has come into question. In 2012, the U.S. Forest Service issued a directive where ski areas were to turn over their water rights to the federal government if they operated on public land. Resorts took the issue to court. Glenn Porzak represented the ski industry.
1: It really was, when you got down to the heart of it, it was federal control over state-issued water rights.
0: The Forest Service argued the directive kept the water with the land so that ski areas wouldn't be allowed to sell their water rights. The judge sided with the ski areas, but the issue isn't yet resolved, and more litigation could happen in the future. Back on Aspen Mountain, snowmaking manager Harry Link picks up some powdery man-made snow.
1: Pretty good snow quality here, but even the way it is right now, you'd still enjoy skiing this.
0: It's too warm to run the snow guns on this afternoon, but cold temperatures are in the forecast, which means more man-made snow will cover this slope in the morning. For Connecting the Drops, I'm Marcy Krivenen with Aspen Public Radio. Connecting the Drops is a year-long collaboration between Rocky Mountain Community Radio Stations and the Colorado Foundation for Water Education. Find out more at yourwatercolorado.org.